Do you work on a remote team all over the country? Do you have friends and family just too far away to visit? Are you struggling to connect communities that are never in the same place? Introducing TriviaThrowdownOnline.com The classic pub trivia experience with all of your friends and colleagues, but from the comfort of your own home or office. Designed for 6 to 60 players with question types built to encourage teamwork and collaboration. One of our live MCs runs the entire 75-minute experience, so you don't have to do anything except for show up, bring a drink, and get ready for some fun. TriviaThrowdownOnline.com. Book your free demo and get a quote today. Welcome to the Mike Blitz. I'm your host, Mike Wade. My co-host, South Richmond, over there, Mike White. What is up, my guy? Hey, man. How you doing? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. I know you're feeling good. Hell of a week oh, for them balls. I'm Hell still feeling good. Hell of a week for them balls. I appreciate you bringing bringing that up early because I it, mean, it just brings a smile to my face. That's got to be one of those like ear to ear things. Just like let's you just ride with that for a couple days. It's going to just it just stays with you. You get to oh get yeah, to, for, get to for, soak it. Get to soak two it weeks. I mean, we got a bye week, so yeah. Oh I mean, yeah, you're thinking about it for a while. You'll be on Victory Hill for a while there. Uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking a Star Hill. Ooh. Brewery out of Charlottesville in honor of our uh, our UVA brethren. It's a uh, Star Hill Overdrive. It's a hazy Imperial uh, Pale Ale, and it's pretty good. Nice, pretty, pretty pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. I am drinking a New Glarus Brewing Company. Uh, this is a Scream Imperial IPA from. God, where is this? New Glarus, uh, Wisconsin, I believe. My neighbor, uh, who actually is Go actually Badgers. Go Badgers. My neighbor, who's actually the host of the Craft Beer Mafia podcast, a sponsor of ours. You should, uh, check, check out their show sometime. Uh, left this from my fridge, and it is wild. It's Imperial. It's 9%, so it's boozy as heck. But it's got some like sour fruitiness in there. It's almost like a little like a it's, it's like it's like a it's like a fruity Imperial IPA. It's weird. It's it's not it's not the it's not a typical brew I, I like, but um tastes damn good tonight. Let's, let's say that. So, you know. All right. That's not right. Let's get weird. Let's get fruity. Um, so before we do that, um, what's your what's what's new with you? What's the last time we hung out? What's what's going on in your life these days? Ooh, man. Um, not a whole lot new. Just been busy, you know. Um yep. babies running around. Um, not a whole lot, honestly. I wish I had something cool to talk about. Um, I do know that you have something cool to talk I about. I do have something. You cool got a to new talk whip. About. I got a new car yesterday. So um, uh, my wife and I are, most of you know, my wife and I are expecting number three here around Christmas time. And we don't have a vehicle that can get all of us, our stuff and our dog anywhere. So we actually just bought a brand new, my wife and I's first ever brand new car, 2022 Toyota Sienna hybrid. Ooh, wee. Ooh, wee. I had to drive up I to can feel uh, the heat. I can feel I know. it from here. I know. It's like, it's like driving a cloud, my man. I had to drive up to Pennsylvania to buy it at a Cracker Barrel literally signed my life away in a restaurant Cracker Barrel yesterday uh, brought it back um, and it's amazing it is amazing. you're not the first person to sign your life away in a Cracker Barrel parking lot correct tells me correct but I actually wanted to I was I felt good about it It was not a military recruiter I was actually excited to to obtain a vehicle so no um, yeah my wife and I's first ever family brand new car very exciting I cannot wait to give you and your people a ride in it and whoever's listening you could come to because we have that many listeners anyway so all you can come on in, <laughs> yeah, just pile it pile, in, pile it in. I got root for all y'all. So that's my that's my personal dish for the week. Um, let's talk about the last week of football because man, it was um, it was nuts. Um, let's start with the top. Uh, Georgia looked a little vulnerable against Kent State. I hear a lot of talk about that. Like, oh, is this a thing? Is this a thing? I don't think so at all. How do you get up for a Kent State if you're Georgia, defending champs, won several straight? Doesn't mean anything to me. Doesn't mean anything to me. No, it it means absolutely nothing. There's no takeaway from this game. Correct. It is it is just go and try not to look terrible. And it's a teaching moment for the coaches because the kids are gonna sleepwalk through that game. It's yes. really hard to, to 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 get them not to sleepwalk, and then they get hammered all week the the following week for it. I mean, yep. they're not playing to win; they're playing against the spread. Yeah, 
Exactly. So yeah, it means nothing. It's a it's it's dumb to get bent out of shape. I, if you're a Georgia fan, maybe you get bent out of shape because you're proud and you want to look amazing and flawless every week. But none of these teams are flawless anyway. So no. just move on. I'm glad you and I agree because I've heard a lot of talking heads this week being like, is Georgia vulnerable? I just I don't buy it for a split second. So no. enough about that. The number no, one, if that was a, a capable team, a, a good power five team that tested them, that would be a completely different story. Sure. And you get Georgia's best, which obviously that was not that. Right. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, other big piece of news. Um, Hurricane Ian is coming this coming this week. It's already postponed a bunch of games. Damn we really you, Ian. We don't really know. Yeah, sucks. We don't really know what it's going to look like. Hope everybody in Florida is safe. And by the time you're hearing this, I know it's been it's been downgraded from a Cat Four to a Cat Three, which is good news. Hopefully that number keeps going down uh, quickly. Um, but that's going to mess with a bunch of games this week in terms of betting lines, weather, passing games. Um, I don't really know what else to say about that, but it's going to be a main storyline for us this yeah, week. Yeah, sure. especially across, you know, as not even just the direct path, but as the weather impacts games like that Clemson game. I mean, that could be a weird one because of that in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of wind, a lot of rain. The line has moved significantly on the over under from that game. It's yep. dropped a ton. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. A lot of football being played in the South, Mike. I don't know if you know that. There's a lot of teams in the South that really like football. That's where this uh, happens to be a storm coming. Never so heard of it. Never heard of that. Right. Um, so we'll just see how that how that all plays out. Uh, other thing, uh, Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins finally got the axe and yep. the AD. He took the AD yeah. down with him. Georgia Tech and the AD. That's three weeks in a row. Have you noticed that? It's Frost. Uh, last week with Herm Edwards. Next week with Jeff Collins. Hot take. Brian Harson. Number four. LSU is going to bury him this yep. week. LSU is going to bury Brian Harson this week. He's not going to make it to uh, mid-October. Which wouldn't, is, wouldn't surprise probably, me. It wouldn't surprise me at all at this point. Anything to say about Georgia Tech other than um, completely reset? Georgia Tech has has so much potential to be a good program again. They're sitting in one of the, the, the hottest of hotbed recruiting sites. They're in the ACC. Um, Deion Sanders sweepstakes, baby. I I've mean, heard that. I've yeah. heard Deion. I would love to see Deion in Georgia Tech. That would be a big job. That would be a humongous step up from Jackson State. But um, he's got the personality and clearly can recruit. And he's, and he's won a bunch of games. I mean, you know, Part of the thing is like, can he coach football? And it's starting to look like maybe he can. So, well, the other thing too is there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And if right. you hire a lot of good coordinators and you're a great motivator at Ogeron, you yep. you can you can do things if you can recruit and you can and you can delegate. I mean, yeah. you can be the CEO of of a of a football program. Absolutely. And you know what Dion can do, uh, Mr. Mr. Prime, Coach Prime. What he can do is he can motivate alumni bases too. He can get the, he can yeah. get big checks written and the and you know in the NIL era of recruiting, there's so many kids in Georgia who can play football. There are so many, so many. kids in Georgia who can play great football. If he can And they NIL, can't all go to Georgia. They sure can. Um um or and Tennessee and LSU and Florida. There's and Auburn and there's right. still there's still guys. Um, if he can create Georgia Tech to a brand, I think I think he can, and he can get some money flowing. I I could see Atlanta being a cool football town, college football in, in addition to the yeah. Falcons. So. And if, you know, for better or worse, I mean that would be a big name splash hire, where at least it would generate some buzz. Yeah, no pun intended for the Yellow Jackets. Um, <laughs> you that hasn't that. been around that program for a while. <laughs> no pun intended. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, very cool. So we'll see what happens with Georgia Tech. Uh, tough, tough year for the Bra- tough year. Fire coach four games in. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a long season for them. Uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, Mel Tucker, Whoa. getting thumped by uh minnesota gophers who i want to talk about as well uh 95 million dollar man if you remember mike blitzer's one of my bold predictions was he was going to finish i think if i said fourth or fifth in the big 10 east i'm feeling pretty yeah you said in the division i still think that's that's too bold but i don't yeah, think so. he, he's but he's gonna lose to michigan gonna lose michigan state gonna lose to penn state i'm thinking maryland might beat him i'm telling you i think they're gonna finish fifth and I'm, I'm i'm loving my prediction it's looking better you're looking, better you're looking good now and and i and i'll eat some crow because i'm a mel tucker believer and i still am i think he he still has the foundation in this program to bounce back and surprise a michigan or you know surprise any, any of those big teams so yeah i mean <laughs> I think Minnesota for me is the bigger takeaway because yeah. early in the season, um, this was a one you circle on on the Michigan State schedule and say that's probably a win. And Minnesota looks damn good. 
Minnesota is good. Um, Tanner Morgan, their I, the seventh year senior, still playing. He got the, he, he's one of the guys that got the COVID year, so he got to keep playing. Um, I think he's got 900 yards, eight touchdown, eight touchdowns, one pick on the year. Mo Ibrahim, that running back, is nasty. Uh, PJ Fleck has got them humming. They're they are clearly at this point the best team in the Big Ten West, which is a crappy division at the moment. But he's got Minnesota cut above. So well, like, let's also say Michigan State was their first test of the season. True. And true. their their numbers look outstanding, especially right. in defense. Their defense is, is like a top 10 defense right now. And so we're still finding some things out. We'll know more. Um, I think they play Purdue this week. Yeah. And so that should be interesting. Again, that, that could be one that I'm wrong on again because I was high on Purdue coming into the season. It's not so much. I mean, I like, I really like what Mo Ibrahim and Tanner Morgan are doing in Minnesota. The bigger thing is just how bad the Big Ten, the Big Ten West is. Nebraska yeah. is. Yeah. We don't go into more about that. Iowa looks bad. Wisconsin is not the Wisconsin of old. Graham Ertz is just not doing it for them, and their their defense is not where it's supposed to be. They they, um, I think that the Big Ten West is really really down in ways that even though they're not nearly as I mean we're expect we always expect the East to be better with the Penn State, Michigans and of course. Michigan States, Ohio States. And, yeah. But this year the Big Ten West is Big Ten bad. I don't know. I, I can't I don't know. So that's why I'm, I'm that's why I think I think I'm 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 sold on Minnesota. I mean, I'm buying on Minnesota right yeah, now too, too just because looking at I mean without Aiden O'Connell and, and his status at Purdue right now is pretty murky. He got injured and went out last game, which yeah, didn't help. Tough. You know, they had to eke out a win. Um, <sighs> yeah. Things look good for Minnesota right now. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be riding high undefeated for another week or two, probably. Yep. Uh, kudos to them. Good to them. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Um, Kansas, Kansas is four and zero, uh, which is so impressive considering they were two and 10 team last year. Lance Leopold uh, is great coach. Uh, Jalen Daniels I'm, is getting some Heisman buzz. When was the last time a Kentucky player got some Heisman buzz? 1910. I mean, what are we talking about? Like we're going yeah, back. No idea. I think <laughs> the name that you need to know here is um, Andy Colt Nicky, which oh, is their offensive coordinator. <laughs> Go ahead. Go on. No, he is the genius behind what they're doing over there. I mean, give Lance Leopold credit, but he, Andy, Kotal Nicky is the guy. He is okay. he's the one. I mean, he's drawn up crazy plays. He's going to be a name to follow this year and, and moving into next year. He's going to. I don't know why he would stay at Kansas. <laughs> well, the, the good news is with a name like that, nobody will forget him. So we'll we'll always be like, oh, that guy. That's the guy who did the, the, the yeah, Kansas. That's office. the guy Mike <laughs> mentioned. Colt right. Nicky. Although Nikki. I will say their schedule. I mean, I mean, give them credit for what they've done so far. I mean, West Virginia is a real team. Uh, this past week they got another they got another nice win. Um, but the schedule. Here's the other thing. Underlying underlying current. There's no bad team in the Big 12. I mean, Mike, do me a favor while I'm talking. Pull up the Big 12 standings and tell me who the worst team in the Big 12 is. It's not as easy as you think. They've got a bunch of good teams. Yeah, There's, Kansas State. Kansas State's good. good. Yeah. The, the rest of their schedule, Iowa TCU's State. TCU's always good. I, the rest of their schedule. TCU's a sneaky 3-0. and Iowa heads State's up. good. Um, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, um, uh, t- Texas, and Kansas State. All of those teams you could make a case for. Um, so while Kansas is off to a four and zero start, and I think at this point, even if they finish four and eight, even if they finish four and eight, I mean it would suck to finish four and eight the way they did, given they've won four straight now. But I think everybody would say doubled your win total. Uh, you have no talent, so kudos. But I, they're gonna, they're, they're. I think they're going through a bowl. I think they're gonna get two more somewhere. Yeah, I think so. I don't think that's a question because I think that this offense is just built to to put a points in. And and then hang, hang, keep you in the game. Correct, which is like a totally big 12 thing to do is like be okay defense, but they can yep. also hang 40, 50, 60 points on like any given Saturday. So kudos to Kansas. Uh, I will see your schedule about to get tough, but love to see it. Uh, Clemson, Clemsoning, almost Clemsoning, uh, won an overtime thriller against um, Wake Forest Demon Deeks. Uh, so sad to see them lose. I really want to wait for us to pull it out. Um, so uh, what's your bigger takeaway in this game? DJ Uyangalale having his best game in a really, really long time or Clemson's defense um, leaving you wanting against the high powered uh, wake offense. Clemson's defense because Brent Venables is not coming back. Um, I they're, they're I'm we're seeing 
I mean, Wake Forest is good. That slow mesh um, offense that they run, I and mean, you'll see. You hear it's that such buzz. a slow mesh. You hear that? You hear the slow. What? What? There's when they say slow mesh offense, what they actually mean is RPO. RPO run pass option it usually takes the quarterback holds the ball for a second before he's a chance to kind of pop it out and pass it. And the slow mesh, the average is more like two and a half seconds. So essentially, what you're seeing is the quarterback putting the ball in the running back's hands, and he's like holding it there for a yeah. while, which gives receivers all kinds of times to get open, and they just run it. Flawless. Flawlessly, and it's going to give defenses, especially in the ACC, fits yeah. all season. Sam Hartman is literally like putting a bun in the oven and yeah. just waiting, waiting, yeah. waiting. It's kind of nerve. It's kind of nerve wracking because like, the defensive end is coming. He's going to take yeah. someone's head off. You better move that damn ball. <laughs> if if no one's open, he's leaving it. And if if pressure's coming, he's he's getting rid of it. It's it's yeah. It's 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 exciting. Yeah, and and, and he does it well. And he's an NFL talent. And I'm glad so to see him back and operating at a high level. He is. And he, right they should have won that game. They should have won that. And, he's on, and he is on high school. So we say all of those things about Wake Forest's offense, how often it is to say like Clemson had a stopping them, especially in Wake Forest at Wake Forest field, is tough. Um, but this defense looks had no answers. They had, A.T. Perry was open all day. Um Sam Hartman was carving them up for 60 solid minutes. If you're supposed to have the best defense in college football, and honestly, their defensive line at least um, has that, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to excuse. They, they've got talent in the secondary linebacking and the second level. They couldn't, they had no answer for Wake. If that game is another 20 minutes long. I think Wake wins. So that's what's your, that's my big takeaway. What do you got? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's 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 huge for them that DJ played a big game and he played well and he played to his potential and yep. their offense looked better and that's something that they can take away and 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 move forward with. Um they're going up against a really tough NC State defense that we'll talk about here uh shortly. Um the good news for them is they've clearly got the horses on defense and sometimes these college games are a little screwy. You know, you survive in advance and um, you figure things out and you get better. And so that's what you got to hope for if you're a Clemson fan that, you know, you had one of those oopsie games and you still got the win. And um, right now, looking ahead, I would be more afraid of of Wake Forest's offense than what Devin O'Leary has been doing at NC State right now, if I'm a sure. Clemson fan. Yeah, um, sure. Just because O'Leary is clearly capable of it, but um, they haven't been um, clicking the way they did last year up yep. to this point. Yep. And we'll come back to the NC State games. We're, we're, we're going to highlight yep. that, but I think all of, I think everything you're saying is valid. Uh, Clemson schedule's got them. They're they've got they've got challenges at at Florida State, um, home Syracuse at Notre Dame, which is getting better. Uh, Louisville, Malik Cunningham is always a challenge. Miami, you got to think Miami's going to put on a better product by them. Actually, let's you know let's let's get off Clemson. Let's talk about let's Miami. Talk about Miami. <laughs> let's talk about Miami. Uh, you go ahead and you start. <laughs> I know I'm I'm just wrong about everything about Miami. Oh my gosh, Miami. Miami, Miami, what were you doing? Um, I just don't, I, I just, I, this is a baffling game to me because it's not, it's not quite like an Appalachian state. It's not, this was, this is maybe the biggest upset of the season thus far. This is MTSU just dunking all over Miami's defense and Miami's offense, not having any sort of answer for it. MTSU. Middle Tennessee State University, for those who are uneducated, put up passing plays of 69, 71, 98, and 89 yards. Those are four plays. Those are just four plays we're talking about here. They put up 500 yards of passing on Miami's woeful defense. I think I saw one stat. It was like one receiver, two two receptions, 179 yards, two touchdowns. This whole stat line. It's a pretty, yeah, it, pretty, it, it, pretty it efficient would, day. It's like if you went into – Madden or college football and put one of your wide receivers at like 99 skill, 99 speed, 99. And, and then like you played the computer and you just threw it to him every time and nobody could tackle him. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say about Miami. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is, was, is not who we thought he is. I put most of the blame on this on Mario Cristobal. There's just no excuse to lose at home. It's middle Tennessee state. Who's already lost ugly games this year. They're not a good football team. They, they lost to our, JMU Duke. I knew they sounded 44 familiar. to 7. That's, that's what I thought they were going to say. That's what I thought we were going to say. Because I, although JMU is the best team in Virginia, which we'll get to later. Um, I, I, I remember they lost to a bad team. I, Mario they didn't Cristobal, just lose. They got 
the doors blown off. No, they them. locked. Oh, they lost super, super ugly. Cristobal, and I've heard Oregon fans say this. Like, this is kind of thing. This is what he does. He has, sometimes you just you get these underperforming games where he just doesn't have them ready to go. I don't have much of an excuse for Miami. This was a, I mean, losing to Texas A&M at a and Sure, that's tough. A&M is bouncing back there. They've got loads of talent. But losing Middle Tennessee State at home is just inexcusable. I'm sure folks, I'm sure folks down at Coral Gables are pissed. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. Um, I'll tell you one more thing to say about that. Please do. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. MTSU's coach is still feeling good as he should be. He put out um, a quote today or yesterday. I think it was that they got paid like 1.7. I don't know. 1.7 million or something to play in that game. And he responded with um, he held Miami's rushing to 1.6 per attempt or something like that. <laughs> like that was his response. He was like, we got paid this and held them to that. Oof, and it was it less. So, yeah. Ouch. Owies. Uh, let's move it on. Uh, Texas uh, lost in, I think it was overtime to Texas Tech. Uh, congratulations to Joe McGuire and uh, the Red Razors and that Lubbock. Big win. You know, Texas hired this uh, Texas Tech hired this uh, former Texas high school quarterback, all Texas guys. I know it's a massive win for them. He was even uh, trolling Texas a little bit since they're leaving the SEC afterwards. Um, good run for Texas Tech. Obviously, I tell yeah. you, beat a rival is great news. I don't put a lot of stock into it because I just think Texas is so much better when Quinn Ewers is playing. The quarterback, the star quarterback who got hurt in the Bama game who's not playing right now. Hudson Card is fine, but they are going to be, I still think, Stark has them paying attention, has them dialed in. I think we're going to see a much better version of Texas. And they say one or two possible. Weeks. I know he dressed this week, but he was never going to play. I think I think he's back soon. So that's that's what I read on Texas. They'll they'll be fine. Um, this is just one of those games. Um, Texas Tech played a really good game. They, they should have won in regulation. Probably. Um, Hudson Card played really well. Uh, he he made some really fantastic throws. Bijan Robinson looked really good. He did cough up the ball in overtime that that yeah. sort of sealed the win for Texas Tech. But um, this is just one of those games where this is college football. You know, it's not we we're we're getting far enough along into the season where we can quit with the knee jerk reactions. And I think we are starting to know what Texas is, and they're a good team, and they're a lot like Arkansas. But good teams can lose on the road to other good teams. Yeah. Period. Yep. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they can turn they can get turn around quickly. And again, with with when Quinn Ewers is back, um, there I th- still think they're a different team. So I, I want to see what Texas looks like post that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dunk on them too hard for losing at Texas Tech. We sh- yeah, we, we love dunking on Texas. That's you know, part Man. of the history of our show. I, I'm not going to do it. I just, this <laughs> not is not this way. Tech played a really good game this. and they beat them flat they out. Did. They did. Uh, moving on. Ohio state uh, rolled against Wisconsin. We were talking about how bad the big 10, big 10 West was. Um, is Ohio state going to be the team to cruise to 12 and 0 the easiest. I, you know, I'm looking around. The, I mean, like, I just think they're Michigan State's not who they were. Iowa Rutgers not a problem. Indiana's three and zero, but they haven't played anybody. Obviously, no. Northwestern is imploding. Pat Fitzgerald might get fired this year. Um, I after the Michigan Maryland game, which I want to talk about in a second. Um, I I think they have the easiest path to twelve and zero in the country. Yeah, I think um, Wisconsin is is a pretty disappointing team up until this point. They were one of those teams that you know early preseason you probably pencil it into uh, kind of a top 15, you know, competing maybe for second or third, you know, in, in, in the conference. And um, they're just not, not looking up to snuff. No, um, They lost to a good Washington state team, which we should probably be hey, looking Kings, at Washington baby. state a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of legit right now. The, the pack, there's, there's a lot of interesting things happening to pack 12. I'm trying to convert more of my attention over there, but yeah, going to Penn state's going to be tough, but I, the rest of the schedule, all of a sudden, you know, now yeah. they've survived the, the Notre Dame game, Wisconsin give them this. I'm looking around their schedule. I'm Michigan state being a shell of who they were. We'll see. Uh, Michigan, Maryland. Uh, this game was much closer than it should have been. Michigan ended up winning by three yeah. is, is, Maryland, be- I think I, I think the answer. I don't know the answer. But I want to ask you. I know my answer. I want to ask yours. Is Maryland better than we thought they were, or is Michigan worse than we thought they were? Um, both. 
Yep. Sorry, I have to. But <laughs> no, okay. that's, that's so my answer. This too. is this is kind of one of those situations where Maryland actually played a tough game before the the Michigan game to kind of get them ready. They had a pretty tough game against SMU, and Michigan played nobody. And so this was a little bit of a wake up call for them. I think um, playing you know an actual opponent week four. I think in in some ways it benefits you to open up with with a couple games against teams with a pulse just to get your guys ready. I mean, Maryland is I mean, Michigan has literally been sleepwalking for three weeks. So, you know, we don't know what they're capable of at home the whole time, too. I think one road game and we don't know what they can do. I don't know how good they are. I I think four is is probably too high to rank them at this point. They haven't earned it based, based on anything they've done this year, except for no. but blow the doors off Hawaii. Congrats, I guess. Yeah, I think Vandy put up 66 against Hawaii or something. So Neat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, <laughs> man. Well, that's great. Um, I mean, obviously, Michigan's uh, Blake Quorum is always is absolute stud. He rushed for 240 yards, I think, or something in that game. J.J. McCarthy is clearly the starter and should be. Um, but they've got to get better. If they have any chance of threatening Ohio state. They have to score 31 points on Iowa this week, and they can't be special teams. And they're not um, going to score that on Iowa this week. That, they're well, going to win. And they'll and probably they, win comfortably, but they're not going to, they're not going to blow the doors off. them like you would want to see. They might. I mean, I don't I, think I, I will talk about, we'll talk about them when we do the preview, but I mean, I think they have to, if they have any, if anybody has any realistic aspirations of Michigan going to the horseshoe the last week of season and beating that team, because that team will score 40 on Michigan for sure. So the question is, can Michigan do it on them? And if they can't do it against Iowa, who's a good defense and at least as good as Ohio State, if not better than what we said earlier, the Big Ten East is over too. give it. To, oh, go ahead and get to Ohio State. We're done. We're done here, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, when you have a team like Michigan in there and you have the ability to kind of walk through your schedule you can figure a lot out and so when you look at these games later in the season you don't know who's going to emerge you don't know who you know is going to continue to get better throughout the year and that's what's great about college football i mean we've got guys that no one has ever heard of that by the end of the season are going to be first round draft picks potentially um and so yeah there's going to be some of that with a with a team that's recruited and a program that's recruited like michigan there's probably some guys that are going to emerge uh and that's what you hope for and that's that's the player development that you want to see nice yep uh We'll see. I I need more out of Michigan if we're, if we're going to take them seriously as a top five team. So, but yeah, um, Maryland, good, good work for them. Hey, good work, Maryland. Talia, Talia Tungavailoa is good, is flat out good. Rakeem Jarrett is a stud receiver. Michael Oxley is a good coach who knows offenses. They're going to be fine. They are going to beat Michigan State. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to talk about that later in the season. Uh, but let's keep it rolling. Uh, Baylor, nice win against Iowa State. The line moved against them. The Vegas loved Iowa State. And they got a nice win, 31-24. Um, I don't know if you saw one of the highlights of on the highlights of the game. So Dave Aranda, the head coach, who everyone knows, um, Mike and I are both super bullish on, really cerebral, doesn't talk much. He did not one, not two, but three uh, windmill arm butt slaps of his defensive coaches on the sideline of the game. He did a little, did a little clap clap. He hit one, the little clap clap did another, and clap clap hit a third. It was awesome. I'm never, I mean, honestly, as as LSU defensive coordinator for four years, I think I heard him say seven words. So it's nice to have see that guy show a little bit of life. Yeah, you really rarely see three consecutive windmill butt slaps. I mean, one is great, one is two great. is icing on the cake, but three is like yeah. unheard of. And the coaches are like, they, you can, they are jacked, they are ready, they are so excited too. It was the, they weren't caught off guard. They were signed up. They knew the experience they were in for, and. They loved it. So I just Google that if you have time. Baylor, Dave Aranda, butt slap. It might take you to a weird place, but trust me, it hopefully it gets yeah, you. Not, not safe for work. Maybe Google incognito work. that. Maybe Google incognito where you want to go. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Uh, t- Texas A&M, nice but, uh, uh, bounce back. couple crazy things happened in that crazy. That game was at Arkansas, played at Jerry World in Dallas, neutral site for the two of them. Tons and tons of history. Arkansas won last year. Um, this game had so many crazy things happen. Uh, the the KJ Jefferson fumble, uh, which was stripped by the a safety, taken away by the other Texas A&M guy who ran it back for 75 yards. Um, the game ended in a 
field goal that went off the top of the uprights, yeah. not the side, not the ding dong that you're the used point. to. It, it, it was like a mortar shot. It went up and it hit the top. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've watched. No, I don't think I have. Thousands of hours of college football. I don't think I've ever seen. And to end the game, to be down 23-21, clearly had the power. It was. It needed to be six, inch, six inches to the left. Not even, and it's it's good. No, uh, even it, maybe one inch, and maybe it's in. one inch, and might have yeah. bounced ricochet. Just wild ending. Um, it's that classic um, Mighty Ducks, you know, right off the right off the post. Tri- triple Deke went yeah, wide, one yeah. inch, and one it would have gone in. Would have gone in. Um, Anai Smith, their uh, big playmaker outside, went down with a lower leg injury. I saw it was a leg fracture. It was kind of pretty gnarly. That's their looking. best wide receiver. He's there outside of. Um, uh, Ashen, 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 the running back who is awesome, by the way. Um, they don't have anything on offense. Um, frankly, uh, to write home about. So, I mean, Texas A&M, that is a huge, Texas A&M's offense was two guys, Anaya Smith and Derek Ashane, they're running back. And, and they, they were already a bad offense. And they were already a bad really offense. Hurting. Um, Max Johnson, solid game. He got the win. Good for him. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about Max Johnson, former LSU quarterback, now starting Texas A&M, who he reminds me of with his play style. And I figured it out. It's his dad. When he was a Redskin in the 90s, he is so slow. He's just like his dad. He can't move. The guy, he steps back. He has the large, the slow motion cock back. Like he makes reasonably good decisions. He does makes he makes game good, manager. He's game manager. Um, uh, we're gonna talk about the Texas and Mississippi State game. Um, but it's my I, I say this to underscore that losing a Nia Smith is a humongous blow to that offense. And I just don't know that Texas A and M could do it with just with just a defense, which is getting better. And Derek Ashan, because that guy's also carrying the ball a lot. Yeah, I think um, this far into the season, the hope that Texas A&M fans had, you know, the, the the goal for the season started out, you know, playoff, national championship. After the Appalachian State game, it was like, maybe we can compete for the SEC West. Now it's like, let's have a decent season because things are unraveling quickly. Even though they yeah. won that game, yeah. they look Rough. I mean, they're the early opening line against Bama for them is um, Bama by 20 and a half for <laughs> oh, not this Jesus. week for next weekend. Um, so That's, that yeah, sounds right. <laughs> that's um, an indicator of where they are. Granted, yeah. there's a huge drop off, you know, after Georgia and Bama for the rest of the SEC. But yeah. That's not where they want to be. No, it's not where I want to go. So I said Derek Ashane. I meant Devin Ashane. He he had 19 carries for 159 yards, and he looks good. I didn't know this until after the game. He's actually a sprinter as well. I think high school. He's a high school sprinter. He is fast. Like he take he. You can tell just by looking at the ball. He's gonna be playing on Sunday. So obviously, Mississippi State and everybody in the rest of their schedule is gonna be keying in on him. Texas A and M and that archaic offense that Jimbo the Jimbo is so just stubborn about not changing they're gonna have to find something or they're gonna be texas eight and four which is what the kind of the joke is or worse or worse you know that's to see west is every any given saturday even even lowly yeah. auburn get people fits so yeah uh cool cool cool, cool. Uh, let's keep it rolling um uh usc my other bold prediction uh escaped with a win oregon state is live that was they're really good uh usc run defense is terrible uh but they get a lot of interceptions they're like they're like leading the country interceptions they're an opportunistic defense they are um, and that's one of the things i was going to say um oregon state turned the ball over four times four interceptions it's tough it's hard to, which, win, hard to, hard to win games that way yeah you don't predict that kind of thing but um usc is doing it to people regularly and caleb williams is one of the most efficient passers in the country he uh, he is i think he's yet to throw an interception that sounds um, right and so you know when you have that kind of turnover differential you're gonna win games and you know that we, we we talked about them doing it on offense it was good to see them win in a low scoring battle Yep, because I was because that game at that game at Utah, which you and I talked about previewed like five weeks ago, whatever. Um, tech, Utah is good at defense. Cam Rising is good is good at offense, and Utah is a heck of a place to play with altitude. Um, so USC able to get a gritty win against a very live Oregon State team, which is no pushover. The big the whole Pac twelve is better than we thought it was, much like the Big Twelve. Um, Yep. Washington they, looking really good. Washington they got, State yes. looking good. They got to get better on defense, and I think they will, but um it's good for not. them to get to survive a, a game like this where they're actually tested. Yes, they sure did. Sure did. 
Um, I think that's all. I think it's all I got for this past week. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, what happened this past week of football? Ah, uh, we're going to cover the homers. So yeah. I do want to give a shout out to the Missouri Auburn pillow fight. Oh my god! Um, that was one of the worst games in the SEC. It was embarrassing. Both teams looked terrible. The ending um, unbelievable. Yeah, Missouri just gave that game away. If you're an Auburn fan, you're glad to get the win. At the same time, you're ready for Brian Harson to get fired. So you're kind of like, eh, I kind of wish we would have lost that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a, just a disaster ending for 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 Missouri. Yep, uh, Bama beat Vanderbilt fifty-five to three. What else is new? Uh, they're obviously looking ahead to um, at Arkansas after next week. So Vanderbilt's looking ahead to basketball season <laughs> and baseball season. <laughs> uh, not not much not much to say there. Um, yeah, cool. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to move on to um, next week. So let's do it. Let's go. Very cool. Uh, so before we do that, um, let's, let's talk about uh, homers first because that will give us a little chance to kind of dive into. Um, Let's do homers. Let's do reverse this way. Let's do the homers first, and then we'll do the three uh, headliners first. That way we can talk about last week and this week. Um, let's start with what we every listener wants to hear about right now. How, tell me about your Saturday. Yeah, um, it was awesome. Um, and I know that people probably don't understand this because they look at Tennessee and they say, you know, your top 10 cusp team this so far this year, probably overrated, granted right now um and florida just got beat up by kentucky and it's a 10 and a half point spread and it's at home and so why is this such a big win but it's just the history of it it's just the history of it we kentucky or florida we've lost to bad florida teams we've lost to good florida teams we've lost in the most inexplicable ways you can imagine we've lost on every single weird hail mary scenario that you can think of and um, I just thought this game was different. It felt different. Uh, this team feels different. And um, we talked about kind of the, the keys to the game last week a little bit. And um, at one point I, I had my parents over and we were watching the game on the patio. And I said, kind of midway through, I was like, this literally has like every check the box of how Florida could manufacture an upset. Um, and it did, and Tennessee still found a way to win the game. Anthony Richardson went off, um, Tennessee turned the ball over, um, but they found a way to win. But you got the win. You know, I will say the game was probably, cl- I mean, I, I thought, I thought Tennessee looked like a, just to me when I watched that game, it was like Tennessee is a, is a good team and they are, they are, they're better than Florida. I watched two football teams that that game with the end, the ending was a little wonky. Ending got super screwy. Yeah. I mean, I felt like the game was over with like eight minutes to go. And then like two minutes ago, I was like, Oh my God. And all of a sudden they, all of a sudden they had a chance at a hail Mary to win that game, which would have been been the Florida. That's been the inexplicable Florida series. That would have been the one that they didn't get it. So kudos to Tennessee. Uh, Who's Tennessee got this week? We've got a bye week. Very and nice. it's much needed because, you know, we did it without our best wide receiver in Cedric Tillman, which is insane to take a team that is so reliant on its its top wideout. I mean, he had 18 targets against Pittsburgh and our offense didn't miss a beat after four weeks. We're the number one offense in the country. Bang. Soak that in two two years into the Josh Heupel era. It's got to feel good. It's got to it feel, feel good. We've got a lot to fix on defense, obviously, but yeah. um, they, you know, they've looked good against Pitt. They stopped the run. I mean, I think they they just keyed up on Anthony Richardson and, and said, "Beat us through the air." And they Crap. played soft, and they played soft in coverage, and he did, which is frustrating to a from a fan's perspective. Um, but it still got the win. So, you know, he had a career day and he played really well. I mean, hats off to him. They said beat us and he did his damnedest to do it. And he played to his ceiling, which he hasn't done probably up till now. And he did. Yeah. He looked awesome. He looked no, awesome. He did his part. Uh, Florida did not help him. Billy Napier didn't help him. That personal, that in- personal foul call is just like, they, and they don't have the Florida doesn't have the weapons and the dudes on defense that they typically have. Um, so, I, I mean, I agree with you. Anthony, he did his part. The rest of Florida is not there. Um, Kuz, Tennessee taking advantage. Sky's the limit for Tennessee. Florida, see you in 2023. Uh, we'll, we'll run it back. They're still um, a good team. 
they're they still are. a good team. Although you did you did kind of put out the blueprint for other teams. I mean, LSU is going to play him later this year. It's going to, you know this whole season is going to be stop him, and you've probably you you have a really good chance of beating this team. There just aren't that many other things there. Uh, very cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, LSU a little bit. LSU took care of business big time, thirty eight nothing over New Mexico Lobos. Uh, improved to three and one. Uh, the big thing for LSU is our defense just got. This has, has improved tremendously since the Florida State week. Uh, secondary really showed out. B.J. Ojolari again, showed himself why he's one of the best defensive linemen in the country, why LSU's D-line is one of the best, deepest units. Um, John Emery, we got back. He had a nice day. Uh, 50 yards, five yards, five yards of carry. Uh, things got better. Everybody took care of what they're supposed to do. This LSU team has been making personnel changes on both sides of the ball consistently, as this is Brian Kelly's fourth game with Mike Denbrook and Matt House with different offices and coordinators. Uh, so it's nice to continue to see them find guys in their right fit. You know, this is so many LSU fans are upset about the Florida State game still because it is a game that if we had had a warm up, I have no doubt we would have won this game and we're four and Um, but we didn't, and you can't say that because that's just what a coach just don't really. And we exist. don't know how good FSU is either. I mean, we don't, they're they're we sort don't. of in the same boat as LSU, where you know they're rebuilding and they got the benefit of a couple bounces in that game and they're sure. riding high into the top 25 right now. And no, totally. And I, I don't want to, that's why I don't want to give that deal a lot of credence. It's just interesting because LSU is like the offensive line has changed. The lineup has changed substantially. Yeah. The secondary has changed substantially. Like there is so much new of this team. They've got to find are, their guys. You are, they are. And then every week, this team looks a little different on personnel and you're seeing that. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, Jay Daniels continues to grow and they're finding yes. How they're, to, they're finding out how to use him because that's what it I was looks to say. me like they're allowing him to be a little bit more of an athlete and they're letting him run more. He's he's making plays outside of the system a little bit. And as they continue to see that, they're going to be able to scheme up plays for him to do that more yeah. Correct. Intentionally. And the, yeah. And the first thing that everyone notices is how good he is at tempo. So I think LSU is going to continue to be running more and more tempo uh, packages throughout the season because he really does do well in there. He's he likes he likes keeping keeping the clock, keeping the things moving, getting the line and going. So we'll see about that. Uh, LSU is playing uh, at Auburn. Uh, Auburn is a absolute dumpster fire. Uh, this is uh, LSU's, I think, biggest uh, point spread. Event. I think LSU is minus eight and a half or nine at this That's point. That's what I saw. I think eight and a half. Eight and a half. Um, Auburn is bad. They are batting in a hurt way. They're, they've got Tank Bigsby. They've got a handful of SEC guys in that defense. Um, I'm feeling really good. Jordan Hare is a tough place to play, and LSU has had a really tough time beating Auburn at Jordan Hare, but this is just an Auburn program that is in a tailspin that I can't remember being in such a bad... I can't remember an Auburn team that's looked like this. Yeah, it's a good time to ride into Jordan Hare just because the fan base wants them to lose. Let's be honest. The longer that they limp along the longer that Brian Harson is still the head coach. And so many of them wanted him gone before the season even started. So it's going to be really easy to take away that home field advantage with a couple just early game plays. I mean, an eight and a half point spread, two teams still finding themselves. This game could really get out of hand. And the, you know, the season for that matter for Auburn could really get out of hand pretty quickly. Sure. Um, they're already looking to next year. Yep. My hope is that we get on them early and that we we, we can take the crowd out of it immediately because they're, I mean, Jordan, I got to give Auburn a lot of credit, even though the team is atrocious, I have no doubt that it's going to be a scary atmosphere. It's going to be really the best up. thing that could have happened to you in this game already happened. Penn state blasted them at home. Yeah, they sure did. Um, but we also have, I mean, again, we have a lot of new guys. We have, we are now starting two freshmen at, uh, offensive tackles, which is, uh, which is uh, our brand new, our secondary is we're, we're putting, we're putting those guys out on islands a lot. This team is Auburn is going to test LSU in a lot of ways. Um, and if this game is close and it's weird, given how bad our special teams are and our special teams are still woeful. Um, I don't, I, I don't like it. So I don't like it. I don't like the game going down that road. So if we can get on top of them early and just can kind of make sure that if we can, if this game can be over by halftime, it would be really, really great because Jordan Hare, the voodoo of Jordan Hare is real. So I've uh, been look out for that. Uh, let's talk about, um, let's talk about uh, Virginia tech, Virginia tech. Uh, this last uh, Thursday, they put on Thursday night, Thursday. Um, yeah. It was on Thursday night football. 
This, 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 this it was a beautiful sitting, beautiful scene. They opened up with Enter Sandman, the orange skies. The place was rocking. Grant Wells had a touchdown, a beautiful touchdown ball in the first drive. And then everything just fell apart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought that they would be able to ride some of that momentum a little bit longer. Um, I don't know. Their defense still play. Their defense still has a lot of bright spots. Grant Wells, I'm just still questioning. I guess they don't have anybody else. They He's don't. Just, I mean, I've said it so many times that it, you know, we're four weeks in. Um, yeah. We're only, well, yeah, we're five going into five weeks in, and he's with just the, not the guy. With the portal, sometimes it's like, oh, it's great. You can go to the portal, you can get better. Sometimes the portal, you get worse. I, I think, I, you know, he's simply, he's clearly not the guy, but obviously they've got tons of offensive issues as well. They're still looking for playmakers on the outside. The offensive line is still, they're still reshuffling the deck. Um, it's still an all new, uh, all new scheme that they're, that they're installing. Um, but, this team has no identity as still. Yeah. And which yeah. I think which I think is what we said last week. And you know, it's 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 hard it's hard to win games when you don't do that. I also just think, frankly, they just need another infusion of talent. They don't have a lot of talent on their roster. You know, I think Brent Pry is a good coach. I think he's a good recruiter. I think they're going to go back to the transfer portal this year. I think they're going to recruit their tails off this year. I think I think it's coming. I think help's coming. So relax, Hokie fans out there. Do not panic. Um, it's game four of the new regime. Um, but it's not there yet. No, yeah, it's not there and yet. West Virginia, I mean – we were, they were kind of teetering They you know, we, 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 we thought they were sort of on that standing 10 count, so to speak. Yeah. And they bounced back and that's probably a big turning point for them this year. JT Daniels is a very, very capable quarterback and he can really lead them to a decent season and to go on the road at Virginia tech, even though they've obviously been um, kind of a struggling program as of late um, is this is a big win for them. Virginia tech, um, brighter, brighter days are ahead, even this year. Brighter I think their defense still, I mean, their defense still looks good. They've got to figure some things out on offense. Uh, they've got to lean on the run game probably a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, you're just going to have to survive through the Grant Wells era. This was one of those games too, which I mean, despite all the bad that tech is kind of trying to figure out their, figure their way through, this is a game that, um, Tech was this close to taking a lead in the half. They get if you know, I felt like these this West Virginia team that they had. Um, Tech usually beats this team. They usually don't give away that last minute um, touchdown this, at the halftime, and they come out in the second half ready to play football. And they just had nothing the second half of football. I think they I think they scored three more points the rest of the way, and West Virginia kind of just had their way with them. You know, yeah, and you just, see that a lot with rebuilding programs and with programs without a lot of depth. Um, you hang in there against potentially teams that are probably better than you from a roster standpoint. And then um, Separation. You, you're feeling good. You're feeling good. And then, you know, you look up in, in the fourth quarter and you've got, you know, three scores hung on you in the fourth to make it a laughable game where like as a fan, you felt good about that game for, you know, 60 minutes or something. Yeah, totally. No, the first half was the first half was promising. The first quarter was promising. And then it's kind of one side. That's that's enough about the Hokies. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Uh, UVA, uh, UVA. Talk about uh, Syracuse. Went to the Carrier Dome. It's not the Carrier Dome anymore. Under the JMA Wireless Dome or whatever the hell it is. Uh, lost a tough one, twenty-two to twenty. Um, I I have some takes. Um, one, I want to give UVA credit for fighting. They they got down ugly early, um, and it looked the game looked like it was going to be over pretty quickly. They they fought they fought back big time, and I was I was pretty happy with that. Um, uh, Garrett Schrader kind of went into like I don't know what to like prevent safety. Mode. I don't know why I don't know why they I don't know why Syracuse took the foot off the gas. They had UVA in the ropes, and they totally let uh, Syracuse back in back into that. Um, kudos to UVA's defense. UVA's defense is uh, continuing to overperform. Uh, their weight, their weight class. They are fighting above their weight class, and all they have all season. Um, the issue for me is Brent Brent Armstrong. He's just he's not yeah. anywhere near as good as he's supposed to be. Yeah, we talked about this on the Discord, which you, um, if you're listening, should be a part of. But yeah, yeah Brendan Armstrong should be playing much better. He went 19 for 38 um, with 138 yards, one touchdown, one interception, which is like 
the most mediocre stat line that you could think of, <laughs> like, especially for just, a, a guy's have talent, his talent. Yeah, it's not Brent Armstrong's ta- stat line, two thousand twenty-one. We know that. Now, granted, his defense might give us seventy points, but he's gonna he's getting his. Like, I don't know. I don't. You know, uh, I understand they're putting in a new system. I understand things are new. They're calling different plays, whatever. But those receivers are still really good. Brent Armstrong is still really good. They need more out of those guys. Plain and simple. Uh, yeah. I agree. We talked about it on the Discord to death. I don't get it exactly, but you know, it's a changing of the guard. I'll also say Syracuse. I don't understand them. They keep pulling these games out that they have no business winning. They fumble the ball. Did they fumble three or four times? Three uh, fumbles. Lot. Three yeah. fumbles and an interception. Um, they just keep surviving these weird games they did the same thing against purdue there was a ton of just like timely penalties that got pulled up you know picked up turnovers that that ended up working out for them it's just weird i don't know syracuse is a a decent team but they should probably shouldn't be four and oh well, we're going to find out a lot about them here in a second. Sorry for all that beeping. I was trying to get, I was trying to pull up their schedule after this week where they got Wagner, which is they're going to win. They're going to be five and other goal. They're hosting NC State in the dome, which could be tough. Then at Clemson versus Notre Dame at Pitt versus Florida State at Wake. Whew. That yeah. is a six game super stretch for so, the ACC. That's like a juggernaut. For, yeah. That's, I mean, literally, that's all of the best ACC teams right there. And, and plus Notre Dame in five weeks. So it's going to get really real, really fast. Six weeks, excuse me. And they, but they end at Boston College, which might be Boston College and the fighting Rob Reeds. Rob Reed being a friend of Mike and I, the only singular Boston College alumni that I know and arguably the worst team in college football. They do get them at the end of the season, so they're the, so they're bowl season, so Cuse is going to a bowl this week, at least no matter what, but we'll see what they look like. Yeah, they, they could, you know, if they could win a couple of those, go like eight and four, that'd be a good season for them. Yeah, awesome season for Syracuse. Um, any more thoughts on uh, UVA, uh, Syracuse, before we jump into UVA, Duke? Nope. Cool. Uh, UVA is playing, I believe, at Duke. I just had it up a second ago. Excuse me. Here it is. Yes, UK, Wallace Wade Stadium, Durham, North Carolina. Duke is minus two, minus three, some places. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not high on Duke at all. Yeah, uh, they're, they are also, they're, they're, they're not a very good team. They're three and one as well. Um, the, if UVA is going get, to get, get to a bowl game, uh, this is one that they, they simply have to win. Um, I, uh, is, is, is the is Duke defense going to be enough to slow down Brent Armstrong and those guys the way it, it shouldn't be, but the way the season is going, maybe it is. Um, I don't know. This is another one that just Ian has lined up in his sights because this one could be very wet. It could be very wild. Um, it's in it's in Durham, obviously. Uh, so you know, expecting rain, and uh, that could put a hamper even further on, on Brennan Armstrong's ability to, to throw the ball. I still like UVA in this game. I don't trust Duke. I know they got off to a fun, you know, their fun storyline. They went undefeated for a few games. They're still, they still don't have the talent UVA has. They don't. I just, this is a UVA game. This is a bounce back UVA game for me. Yeah, I'm not, I don't particularly love Duke either. I'm not I'm I don't have much reason to be really excited about them. Um losing to Kansas is obviously actually not that bad, but um Kansas is pretty good, but what they did it and what they did at versus NCANT at Northwestern versus Temple, um none of those things really got me got me excited for them Blue Devils. Uh I like UVA. I hope they I hope they get together. I also think what UVA is also dealing with is a little bit of the LSU is dealing with um, on just the fact that they are still a new co- a new coach, new coordinators. They have some carryover, but there are a lot of things that are new. And I still think while I'm I blame a lot of my Brandon Armstrong woes on Tony on Coach Elliott for UVA. I do think that he is going to get better as a guy. I still think he's a good hire for them. So I think you're going to see better production out of Brandon Armstrong. I think he's going to get that out of him. And Duke is not is not murderer's row in terms of their defense. There's no reason Brandon Armstrong and these guys can't, sco- can't score 35 points. I like UVA to win this game. A big offensive showing. I'm going to say UVA 35-24. Nice. Yeah, I like I like that. I, I think it might be a little bit of a closer game. And I, and especially if uh, if Ian rears his ugly head, I think it could be a little bit lo- lower scoring. Um, but 
yeah, I like UVA to win. Um, don't sleep on on uh, Riley Leonard, uh, Duke's quarterback. Very efficient. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he's an upperclassman. Uh, he's got a high completion percentage. It'll be fun to watch the quarterback battle if they're able to throw the ball in the slop. Um, it could be fun to watch if it's a real sloppy game too. Uh, but yeah, I like UVA either way. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Wahoos. Don't make us, don't make us look like fools. All right, cool. All right. Let's move on to the other, uh, we kind of did reverse. We usually end with the homers, but we're going to go with the other headlining games. Uh, number seven, Kentucky at number 14, Ole Miss. Uh, this game is at noon on ESPN. Ole Miss opened at like minus five. Um, now it's like minus, minus seven, I believe, minus seven and a half. Ole Miss is going to run the hell out of the ball. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, the, Ole Miss is, I mean, obviously they haven't played very many teams, uh, yet. Uh, they haven't been tested at all actually uh tulsa georgia tech troy and some cool name c-a-r-k who's oh central arkansas <laughs> um but there's but they were running the ball 281 yards a game Zach evans yes they are a very good offensive team i kind of think will levis in kentucky is fool's gold despite what they did to florida a couple weeks um i got I've been Ole saying Miss. that for like a year man i i know you have i know you have i got Ole miss covering uh i think this is Ole miss coming out party um I'd, I I kind of wish Jackson Dart was a little bit better. I think he's good enough for what they're doing, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. I think Lane Kiffin is going to out scheme Kentucky. Yes, Kentucky right is a solid team. Yes, they are. I'm not taking anything away from them. They've got a solid defense. They oh, always no. come in with a good game plan. Levis is good. He turns the ball over way too much. Four picks for, on the year for, for a guy. Of, and going back to last year, he was the most um, turnover prone quarterback in the SEC. He is a talent, to be sure. Um, do they get Chris Rodriguez back this week? Well, I believe so. I think, but I think I, they that'll help. Sure. That yeah, will that'll help. Yeah, that'll sure. help. They're going to get him back. That'll help a lot. Um, but I still like Ole Miss in a little bit of a squeaker. Um, I just trust Lane Kiffin more in this scenario. Um, but we again, we don't know what Ole Miss has done. We don't know who they are. We know a little bit more about Kentucky. They're probably the more balanced team, For but sure. in a game like this, um, give me the higher scoring team, which I think is going to be Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. Yep. Go Rebs. I'm taking that as well. All right, cool. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma State um, is playing. Um, they are playing versus Baylor, the Baylor Bears. Uh, the Bears are minus two points. Um, this game is at 330 on Fox. Monster game. This is a replay of the Big 12 championship last year. Uh, you know Mike Gundy and those boys want to win, but Dave Aranda, um, my favorite coach in the college football, um, is also pretty darn good. Um, and now he's slapping butts on sidelines. So, I mean, all Ooh, bets are off. You know he's feeling it. All bets are off there. Um, Maybe he's slapping butts off sidelines. You don't know. Um, what do you got on this one? This is going to be a good one. Um, it's going to have more defense than we're used to seeing in, in the conference. Oh, for Again, sure. yeah. A, a replay of last year, and that was a tight one. That was an exciting one. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. I kind of lean Okie State in this one, but I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um Spencer Sanders is back. Spencer Sanders is going to be ready to roll. Um they you know they've they have their last three games uh Central Michigan, Arizona State and uh I don't even know. Oh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um and they've been scoring boatloads of points. Their lowest score output is 34. That was against Arizona State. Honestly, they could have put up a lot more. Um I I, th I think that the, the, what's going to be interesting to watch in this game is going to be how well Baylor can slow down Oklahoma State. Um, I think that's kind of going to be the thing. I uh, Blake Shapin on offense for, for Baylor is great, um, but I Spencer Sanders and this Baylor defense is going to be the difference because they've just been run, running over all everybody in their schedule so far, um, and this is going to be the best test for them to date. So is Spencer Sanders going to make – uh, really smart decisions. Is he going to throw picks? Is Dave Aranda going to confuse him? Um, that's going to be the, I think that's going to be the side of the ball that I'm most interested in. Um, I'm taking, obviously I'm bullish on Baylor. I picked them to go, I don't know, 10 and two, 11 and one, make out a big 12. Uh, they're a two point favorite, which means they're probably neutral. probably uh, even on neutral site game. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take the bears to cover. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't think you could go, you could go wrong one way or the other. This is a coin flip game. So it Let should be go. a good one. 
Lego. These are these are this is two of five ranked games this week, by the way. Number five. Number three, uh, we got number 10 NC State at number five, Clemson, uh, minus seven. Um, this game is at 7:30 on ABC Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. Um, over under is 40 and a half. Wow, that's lower than I thought. Um, it dropped because it dropped like 12 points or something because of Ian. It's all Ian's fault. So everyone's expecting every game to just be like wet, wet, run the ball, can't can't kick field goals, can't score, passing games are going to go to. I mean, I understand it. I get it. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, South Carolina is in, is on the, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's not going to get like hit hard, but it's going to be, sounds like it's going to be a lot of rain. So a lot of rain means a lot of, a lot of running the ball, a lot of big old 2002, 1990s, big 10 football, three yards and cloud of dust. Um, I mean, Will Shipley is a great back, so they're so Clemson yep. is going to be able to run the game. They but probably NC, have the edge in the run game, for probably, sure. I, I probably do. But I was NC State has probably the second best defense in the in the in the ACC, and, um, and their like, secondary is legit. So is. depending on the weather, you know, if if they decide to trust DJ to to throw the ball up, uh, NC State's secondary might feast. Yeah, and I and I wouldn't do that because, frankly, Clemson for all their five stars, and they've got a bajillion of them. They don't still don't seem to have wide receivers that are getting anybody really. They don't seem to have that giving anybody matchup nightmares. Frankly, so I, you know, if I'm NC State in that situation, I, I think you probably are. Given what you have in the secondary and what Clemson has yet to really produce and really prove that they have as well, I think you're saying DJU beat us. Um, so. This could be this is gonna be a great game. I'm surprised uh, Clemson's as is, is, is a touchdown favorite. I, I my guess would have been three or four. I like Devin O'Leary a lot. I think he's just a super smart, heady uh, quarterback. Um, I'll take NC State to cover. I mean, I might. I, I hate I, that you're saying that. Why? <laughs> because I was gonna take NC State, and I thought yeah. that that was a really uh, a bold a bold pick. But I, I think just, Clemson's gonna win. I mean, I, I, I but I think I did, if I had to bet on that, but I, I'll take Clemson if this. I think it's going to be a close game. And honestly, with, with such a low over-under like you're talking about, it might be like a 7-10 to 10 game. Yeah, if no one can know. score, it, it, all it takes is the, uh, one bounce one way or the other on, on one play to dictate the winner yeah. of this game. I think for me, um, before last week, last weekend, if you had to put two games in a vacuum, Clemson, Wake Forest, Clemson, NC State – you know, I would have taken the, the that wake opportunity as, as the, the time that Clemson gets knocked off, not this week against NC State. Um, but having watched that game against Wake, I think that they give NC State a lot to work with. And I think NC State has a good enough defense. And even though, like like I mentioned earlier, O'Leary and their offense has not clicked as well um, as we know that they're capable of this year. This could be the the week that they they kind of figure it out a little bit. Um, Clemson is still the standard. I've said it several times in the ACC. And so when you play these conference games, they're going to get everybody's best shot. And I think that uh, NC State kind of finds a way to put it together on offense and does enough on defense. And the weather, I think, kind of makes things a little bit screwy. So the thing about these weather games for me is like part of me is like, oh, my God, it's so fun when they have these like crazy rainstorms and whatnot. But also like you kind of don't have that game because when the, when that game happens, like who knows who's going to win? Like who yeah. knows what ball is going to get wet and slip out? Like it's like it goes out always, the window. Yeah, which is like which is cool. But it makes like, it less skill. <laughs> it does. And frankly, it kind of it, 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 in, in some ways it's crazy because like I mean, we love the college football is played in all weathers and we love that. Like it's just like. They are playing football in this ridiculous monsoon. But at the same time, like we are robbed of like, well, who's the better team? I have exactly. no idea. But yeah. that guy dropped the dropped the soaking wet football on the three yeah. yard line. So they lost. And that's seven. a yeah, and that's and a they lost, swing. And yeah. they lost seven nothing. So well, I don't I, with all of these games, we just have to keep an eye on that. You know, we are we very well might be saying after this week, you kind of have to discount like half of the games because they were just total mud bowls and you know, like we didn't really see these team what these teams are going to look like, but we'll yeah, see. I mean, if if you uh, if you're throwing the ball into thirty mile an hour winds, tough, it's an issue. Stuff that tight spiral. Hopefully, hopefully Hurricane Eon uh, doesn't uh, ruin everybody's day. Uh, very cool. All right, well, let's quickly run through. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. We're it's starting too a new, many. No, no, we're starting a new segment. It's called One Take. 
Everybody knows the rule. It's a play on Barstool Sports, one by everybody rules. Uh, Mike, I'm going to give you the game, and Mike and I are each going to give you exactly one take on that game. Uh, so number one, uh, Bama at Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is plus 17 and a half. Go ahead. Arkansas limps out of this one with a loss, and their season continues to spiral downward. I there you go. Arkansas's defense is good. They're going to lose, but they're going to lose by 10. Arkansas covers. Uh, Michigan at Iowa. Iowa is plus 11. Um, off the same take I had last time. If Michigan has any chance of playing with Ohio State, they got to score 30 points this game. Iowa's defense is so bad. It doesn't matter what Michigan does. They're going to win the game, and they're going to look bad doing it. <laughs> Wake Forest at Florida State. Florida State is a seven-point favorite. Wake Forest is better than Florida State. This seven-point swing spread in Florida State's favor is a nonsense. Wake is going to win this game outright. Yes, I agree with you. FSU is a pretender. They will be exposed. They are not a top 25 team. They probably shouldn't be undefeated. And Wake Forest is good. There we go. Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Mississippi State minus three and a half. That game in Starkville with the Cowboys with that air raid offense is going to give A&M fits. This team, this game is a matchup nightmare for Mississippi State. They're going to win. I agree. Mississippi State with the Cowbells need more Cowbell. Uh, A&M loses. Things begin to fall apart for Jimbo. Um, not a good look. Not a good look. Uh, Oregon State at Utah. Utah, 10.5-point favorite. They have completely rebounded since Florida, and they are rolling. Oregon State, while I respect them, what they did against USC, Utah is too well-coached, too disciplined, too balanced. Utah covers. Um, yeah, I think this is a tough game. It's a it's a it's a hard nosed kind of battle. I think it's a closer game than um, you think. A lot of it done on the ground. Utah wins in a close one. Uh, University of Washington at UCLA, a game that nobody's going to attend. Why is uh, this a three and a half point spread? <laughs> Why is three and a half point spread? Uh, I'm a huge fan of Michael Penix and his big Penix energy. Um, There's just scoring Googles of points on everybody. Uh, I like UW uh, to cover the three points. No, no problem. Yes. Um, nobody cares about UCLA. Even UCLA doesn't care about UCLA. I don't know why this game. Vegas must know something that we don't know. Washington, Washington should roll. Correct. They, Vegas does know, know a lot of things that we don't know, though. So to be fair, they do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma at TCU, uh, six and a half uh, point favorites. I switched my picks on this. If Oklahoma hadn't lost to K-State last week, they would have lost to TCU this week. Now they're going to come out pissed. Sorry, TCU. You're the, you got unlucky. Um, uh, TCU 3-0, and uh, but you're, you're going to get a motivated Oklahoma. Good day. Yeah, Kansas State um, just has Oklahoma's number. This is not like a weird Three or thing four. for them. Yeah, they just it's just a trip-up game. It's For whatever reason, it's a bad matchup. Oklahoma doesn't repeat that performance. They learn from it, and uh, they should be fine against TCU. Very nice. Uh, anything else? Uh, that, that's your, those are your, uh, your, your one takes. Any other, anything else you want, you want to speak to before we get out of here? I think we're about done. No, I think I think we've taken up enough of our listeners' time. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'm Mike Ways. My co-host, Mike White. Please be sure to subscribe to us on Patreon. Like, subscribe. Get us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, uh, join the Patreon. We'd love to have you in there. Chit-chat, comment on the YouTube. Please subscribe. Uh, download the uh, – tell your friends to all subscribe. Give us that five stars. It means yeah, the world to Mike If you've made it this I. far and you're not on on the Discord and the Patreon, what are you doing? What are what are you even there aren't, doing? There aren't many of you, and and so you must <laughs> – And must. listen, you're going to spend all this whole three-day weekend just like us in the rain inside watching football anyway. So might as well have your smartphone yeah, on. Hop in here. To us, hop on in so we can talk to college football all the time. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, we'll see you next week. See Hollywood go. Go. Hey, Hollywood. Hey, Hollywood go. Go.